If you'd like to help us pay our guests and produce the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash what's my thesis. And if you enjoy the show and just want to give us a five-star rating, that really is helpful. And if you teach me something in the comments, I will read it on the show. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. To what's my thesis? I am your host Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, "What's my thesis?" Uh, and my guest is uh, Jorge Mujica. Yeah, that's right. Okay, good. I was like, it's like music, but <laughs> close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think everybody goes to that right away. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. it's like the the mnemonic that everybody gets. There's, no, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. that it's, like, it's just an irritating thing that everybody brings up. Yeah, <laughs> more more so than more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's that's one of those funny things because, sort of, as artists, just just like, I'm sure that nobody really <laughs> even tries to read my name when they see my like screen name because I don't do it either. Like, I just a lot of times I'm like blah 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 with a person's screen name. I don't know. Do you do that or do you I'm like... A, I mean, oh, you know what? I have all kinds of issues. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure I have like some type of dyslexia that prevents me from reading everything correctly. So Yeah. And I like I have a hard time remembering people's names and I feel horrible because I'm sure I've mutilated friendships because of that. But it's also just kind of part of the deal with me. It's like, you know, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. Sometimes it takes me a little bit, but it's how yeah. it goes. Cool. Uh, so how do we know each other? Jorge? Uh, well, Javier. Um, <laughs> I used to run a project space in Long Beach called Cactus. Oh, you is, used to? You, you're not, you don't... Yeah, so um, so Cactus, which is an acronym for Creative Arts Coalition to Transform Urban Space, was a project space set up for emerging contemporary artists to come and transform a storefront uh, and participate in the Long Beach Art Walk. Uh-huh. Uh, on a monthly cycle, which happens every second Saturday. And I encourage everybody to go and check it out because uh, one of the best things about running Cactus was that there was a, like such a strong community there from like the liquor store, which is Hops and Vines. Shout out to Roger because they're awesome out there and they do so much to pro- provide an atmosphere and a creative vibe for not just the community, but for like as an image of what downtown Long Beach uh, like, vibes are. So who, so who are these people? That, uh, Hops and Vines is a, is a liquor store that okay. lets people set their tables up and they hawk their art. And uh. people love to buy booze, it's just craft beer and wine. And then, <laughs> and then they just chill out there. And it's like such a super like local vibe. Like you meet all the artists in the, in the area. You People bring their dogs. There's another really great spot called the Dark Arts Emporium. And that's run by this guy named Jeremy Stock. Jeremy, oh man, I'm so sorry, Jeremy. Um, and uh, Jeremy and has been 
running that spot for some time and it's just such a niche community within the dark arts kind of community mm-hmm. that the combination of hops and vines dark arts and cactus it was really kind of like a strange mix of people at all times uh-huh. but it was really fun to be a part of for three years and then eventually just like bills caught up yeah yeah and i just it's hard of, especially yeah. out here yeah like i'm trying to stay on top of my own personal practice yeah um paying the rent for a storefront and you know doing everything else it was just too much like i went into debt i took i, I maxed out one of my credit cards <laughs> i was just like i can't i can't live this way anymore and it was just too much for me so yeah. i just had to pull the plug and uh, so th- so cactus ended in may and really it ended in april we had a an artist resident named Roxana martinez there and prior to her residency there, which was about two months in making an installation, we had something like over 40 exhibits in three years. So cool. it was like a revolving door of artists that came through the, the storefront and installed their artwork. And that um, that really kind of created a platform for for a culture to be cultivated and a community to be embraced. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we met, because at the time you were working for Made in L.A., yeah. and yeah, we ran into Molly, who was part of that, and she was like, well, set up a table, and and, yeah. and you did that for one of the art walks, which was pretty fun. And Yeah, it was it was cool. It's I And I think that that day there was like some kind of commercial shoot oh, yeah. <laughs> in Long Beach, so it was like a, a very specifically weird experience. It was. It was yeah. like during the Andrew K. Thompson show, who now runs a project space in... San Bernardino called the Little Gallery, I think it is. Uh, the, yeah, the Little Gallery San, San, San Bernardino. Let me just double check this. Cause I'm, I'm I wonder, oh man, you just, because after having Alexandru Sanchez on, you've made me wonder what uh, the San Bernardino art scene is. San Bernardino is what he calls it. You know what? I'm kind of really digging everything that Andrew's doing over there. Oh, for real? Yeah. Um, let me just find this. It's called the Little Gallery of San Bernardino, and it's been it's been great to follow him and to support him throughout his career as an artist because he's like so thoughtful and has been in the uh, the mindset of being an artist for a, a very long time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So to see him kind of take charge of a space and to like transform it has been really great. But more than anything. It's been awesome to see him work within the gears of culture or within the the civic um, gears of San Bernardino because he got some grants and some funding and to see him become more of an advocate for the arts in that community, you know, goes back to like this curiosity of what it is that's going on in San Bernardino and to like know somebody that's really spearheading something, yeah. uh, you know, which is well, you're fun. pretty active also in the scene in Long Beach. I mean, you 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 have uh, public pieces, right? Thanks, thanks, Javier. Uh, I really appreciate that, man. Uh, it's been it's been a grind. It's been a real grind. I moved to I moved to Long Beach. Uh, well, I finished grad school in 2012. And I moved to Hollywood. From where? Where at? Oh, so um, I've, I finished with an MFA uh, in painting at Yale. Okay. Uh, in 2012. And then I moved uh, to... And then I moved to... Oh, you can just move the mic. To Long Beach. Sorry, I moved to Hollywood. And I was there for, I don't know, a good amount of time. And it was really difficult for me at, at that moment to find a studio and 
figure out how to be an artist after finishing grad school. So Yeah, it, that's a common theme on the show. It keeps coming up. And yeah. so it was just really difficult to like quarantine an area in my living space and make art and have studio visits and then like have people come in and see my work but then also see like all the work that i had like traded with people and all mm-hmm. this other stuff so it was like a really strange kind of series of studio visits that i wasn't really enjoying um so then um through an, an alumni event i met um this this artist named Stephen frost mm-hmm. and Stephen and i both went to the school of the art institute of chicago at different times but because we were both living in southern california we were able to meet um um, at this alumni event and we just jived cause he's such a cool dude. And so he was like, Hey, um, I have a studio in Long Beach. It's a storefront. I think it'd be really interesting if you apply and try to get into it. So mm-hmm. I applied and I, like he, he, I had a broken foot at the time. I remember because like when I broke my foot, like, um, I was stuck at home. And so I was just drawing and drawing and just kind of meditating on this idea of like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? if I'm going to be an artist, I need to get a studio. I need to do all these things. And so like luckily through chance, right. Or through the mm. universe is doing, um, Steven extended his invitation for the studio and I, I liked it and it was a good price. I think it was paying like two seventy five. Oh wow. To share a storefront with two other artists. This and was uh, cactus. This, no, this is, this is, uh, this is part of the, it was called the art exchange in Long Beach. Okay. And it was, it was, a series of storefronts that were abandoned and had a bunch of issues uh-huh. because we, we had to pull electricity with an extension cord. And then, okay. and then once we had an extension cord in there, then we created this gigantic octopus of fucking cords everywhere in order to power things. But it was in this, um, completely isolated city block at that time. It was completely isolated. So, mm-hmm. No noise complaints, no neighbors. Uh, cool. We could do anything that we wanted. It was so it was like being in grad school. It was better than being <laughs> in grad school because like we were we were openly drinking outside. Yeah. We we didn't have any red tape that we had to deal with. We had some administrative issues because there was some structure to that, but they were like a few doors down, and they were they were there pretty much nine to five. So then after that was done, like you could just get away with mayhem. Yeah. So. One of the things that I enjoyed the most about being in that space and what really kind of helped me feel welcomed in Long Beach was the fact that I um, I would be in my studio at any any time of the day, really any time of the day. But in particularly like after one thirty in the in the morning, so like at one thirty a.m., like people would literally just drive by, stop their car, get their family out, and open the door, and be like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'm an artist and this is what I do. And then I just like, you know, I tried, I treated it like a studio visit. Yeah, yeah. And then I just stopped closing the door and I just leave it open and people would come in and ask and, you know. So, was, but where, how was this foot traffic coming? It, it was on third street. Okay. So I, so it's, it's cause you said, said, I thought you, I, did you say that it was also a little bit isolated? It's mostly at night. So oh, no, it, it, was a, it, was, it was an isolated uh, city block in downtown. Okay, so okay, so they so, did have foot traffic, but there was just not anyone that would be concerned, any neighbors that would be a problem. No neighbors, and yeah, the yeah. foot tra- traffic was between like all the things that are going on in the downtown area off of Long Beach and 3rd and the residential areas that were off of 
Third and Elm. Okay. And so... But because the strip you were on in Long Beach is dramatically... Like, what that cactus was on. Like, you couldn't... <laughs> it was Caddy Corner from there. So I've, okay. I've been in that corner since 2014. What does Caddy Corner mean? Uh, meaning that that intersection, that the four-way cross... Okay. So was, it's like diagonally... Yeah, it was on okay. the opposite corner. Okay. So where Cactus was on the opposite order, or corner... That's where my really? f- my first studio. Could Beach you get was. away with as much or no? Because in, at Cactus, I had upstairs neighbors. Yeah, it and so like after nine o'clock, crowded. we couldn't do any sound things. I had so yeah. many encounters with police, and you and know, it, the, it, it, it trained me a lot to deal with the police yeah. and living there. What were the uh, dimensions of that space too? Because they For was Cactus? yeah, it was a very particular spa- spot. It's like uh, it, it is when you say storefront, it feels like you're. It's not like your uh, Bendix building kind of space. No, yeah, it's like it's like it literally feels just like a long hallway with really high ceilings or somewhat high ceilings. Oh, you know, that, I would I would I would say something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I think it was like so it's a very two hundred and fifty square feet. Yeah. Um, not including the storefront windows. And the windows were the key. Okay. The they were kind of like um, I don't know, four foot by three and a half foot windows that would protrude out. So they were storefront windows, and they would flank the entrance. Uh-huh. And then there was about two hundred and fifty square feet on the inside that was allocated to be gallery space. Okay. Or project space, and then it had sixteen foot ceilings. Yeah, yeah. So it's That's not, what made it's it not so that it's not that indifferent from like some of the smaller galleries in MoMA PS One. So if you okay, go to MoMA PS One and then Long in Island, York. yeah, yeah um, Long Island City, um, some of those rooms feel the same Similar, as what yeah, Cactus yeah. did. And in fact, like it was that kind of model that inspired me to convert that storefront into that but it had been a space before or it had been used before because I, I i remember it was a music st- studio yeah it was a music studio okay because i went to that space during the sound walk which is another cool thing that's worth talking about did you participate in that you know what i didn't participate because i n- no i didn't okay. i'm not i'm not i'm not sure how to integrate sound in my work because i'm an idiot okay. but like i don't <laughs> no, know that's fine. it's not an idiot it's just like i don't know i really need to though i really yeah. need to work with sound yeah, I forget what my friend's piece was, but uh, yeah, that, so I had I w- had actually been to that spot before through the uh, soundwalk, and it had like significance because I had reunited with a friend that I hadn't seen in years, in like you know that I that I knew when I was in school in Florence, um, but but it is a very strange spot. It, I do I I I it always made me. Um, feel like it was a space that you had to it it made it things have to be sort of site specific it, completely yeah and you know but having gone to grad school twice and been an artist in undergrad site specificity was always one of those benefits it was like yeah. when you're an artist like yeah, it's not a hindrance yeah exactly yeah. like as soon as you have parameters like then your ideas go around what yeah. you're doing uh, and I, I think I that, that most of my time looking for parameters <laughs> and you know and so like that the premise for cactus was to invite artists to be challenged in that way and yeah. to move beyond their tabletop or the studio and using my skill set to support them in whatever way it is that that I could. So sometimes that was just tools. Other times that was, you know, providing some curatorial direction. But it was always about, like, creating a narrative and a dialogue for collaboration. Mm. And that at the end of the day that the artist got something out of it that they wouldn't be able to get without it. 
So that maybe that means like having really cool photo documentations of their work. Yeah. Not in their ga- not in their work studio or whatever, or working beyond like what they normally do. So you weren't trying to sell massive amounts of work. In fact, like it was completely donation based. I'm glad you asked okay. that because because I I I never felt like it was like oh yo, but it is a space that you would traditionally associate with, especially like. I don't know. I'm I'm ignorant about Long Beach to be very clear, but they and they do have cool things like the Sound Walk, but it's a it's it's a whole interesting thing because it's so close. So and, the Sound Walk is not something that they do anymore, but oh, no. it is something that people remember. Okay. And whenever I have conversations with people about the arts in Long Beach, the Sound Walk is like top three yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that people bring up yeah. significantly. Like I'm. What I'm always really impressed landmarks. by it. Yeah, it's it was amazing. It was, I mean, it was like, it, it, I don't know. It was very fit into the infrastructure of downtown Long Beach. It was very suited for that, and and it was charming because, um, because it was sound. There was like not necessarily an aesthetic push, and it was a lot more conceptual. And that made it a little bit more interesting than you that than like a typical like like even the a downtown art walk over here in LA, right? Which like I'm not not to bag on it, but it it's not um, it's a wider range of like like there was there there was a sense that there was um, I guess because it was sound based specifically, it was. Uh, it gave it a theme, but it wasn't like a tacky theme like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of instead of it just being like a random art walk, which is such a broad uh, thing, and you could have sound installations and then just like really cheesy decorative stuff. Well, there yeah, were some yeah. real creative people behind that project, and yeah. you know they're still out in Long Beach. But I think what happens is that things rotate, and yeah, so yeah. different things occur. It's a, a, a tremendous undertaking too. It, it yeah. is. Yeah. It Espe- is. Especially because that, that. I mean. It was very big. It was fucking huge. I went down there, and I don't really go down to Long Beach very often. You Something know? Like, has to draw yeah. you there for yeah, sure. Yeah, so so yeah, and I was and and like I said, it makes me just think of it in a very specific way. But so anyway, I guess we've actually talked for twenty minutes about Long Beach before we get to your topic. But what? I do love Long Beach, so don't <laughs> no, worry about it. No, I and and I don't think that like uh, it, I, I'm all about giving places their due on this show. You know, uh, man. So like, <laughs> let me just say this. Uh, Long Beach has been nothing but the best for me. Yeah. Uh, my parents have been in Long Beach since 2008, so I think that I've always had a foot in the door mm-hmm. because of that. <clears throat> but ever since I got my studio practice in there, and I, I was working in that studio with my my friend Stephen Frost and Renee Tanner, um, the community has been the thing that has made me the most interested in moving my art forward. No. Um, so that led to working in other project spaces. Like I, was, I had a uh, a studio in a, in a, in another storefront, but that was like a commercial storefront called made in long beach, which turned into made by Millworks, And that was an interesting kind of pivot to be like part of a retail establishment, but still have like a studio space in there yeah. and then to do and activate that space in a creative way. Uh, and then to move from there to the storefront that where I met you at cactus. Yeah. Um, and like having been in Long Beach for so long, it was nice to be able to create opportunities to meet the arts council and like the different entities that represent the arts council. 
to receive micro grants through the arts council that enabled you know different projects to move forward it yeah, was I, I, also really nice to be able to meet the curator at the museum of latin american art and then to be invited to do a, a public sculpture with the museum of, of latin american art and oh, a new, is that and a new park yeah. called gumbiner park on the corner of martin luther king and alamitos okay is, and that's up. That's not coming down. That's not temporary. That bad boy is going to be up there for longer than my Congratulations, life, I think. Thank dude. you. That's, that's a big fucking deal. And that's one of the things that I was going to say. It seems like... Uh, I, I, It seems inconceivable of having that level of access over here in, in Los Angeles to, to like arts capsules. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I'd hope to be proven wrong. I mean, no, but I feel that I feel that, that is the, the thing to that, that deal with when you're going... Th- to decide to be an artist, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you go to school or not. So, like, if you yeah. decide to be an artist, the thing that you have to realize is that there's, like, five generations of artists that are ahead of you yeah. that are all part of this gigantic bucket, yeah, which yeah. is already filled to the brim. So when you add your name to this bucket, the only thing that happens is nothing. You're just waiting <laughs> you don't for even, some of them to You don't even off. get a drop. Like, the drop <laughs> doesn't even... It's just, like, it's just part of the flow that yeah. continues to go down into it. And so, like you feel like a, you feel like a, like a speck, yeah. right? Like in the middle of like specks, and it was, it's really hard to kind of keep your momentum forward as an artist in Los Angeles. And so I think for many reasons, Long Beach just kind of felt appropriate for me because it, it has a small town vibe. It's a huge city. Yeah, it has city resources, uh, but there's not like a, a super crazy desire to fight for the only a in class yeah yeah and i think because of that it it kind of i think democratizes the experience i think there's also just like such a a crazy amount of money out here it it potentially that that it makes the whole scope of it like it it makes like an art class system right which i think like maybe that would be a, a a better way of defining it rather than making it like um about how oh there's the establishment art scene no but there gen- there literally are people who are struggling and they still make work and they still show work but they're yeah you know what I I don't even know how this thing popped up in my feed but like the Santa Fe Arts Colony uh, I don't know they're here in in L A and like they jacked up their prices prices on their their live workspace oh and so they I I think it popped up on my Facebook feed or whatever and like they're they're doing a GoFundMe to help buy out that building so that these artists can maintain their uh, rent-controlled units. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Like, yeah, yeah. this community has been around in Los Angeles for a very long time, and if this community is suffering because they, they somehow are not getting the type of support that they need, I, you know, like, I don't know, man. Fuck. Shit. I've been trying to get more, like, educated on L.A. civics because it's it, it is... And and um, and it's on crack right now because of the Olympics, so and, and because of the homeless, like that that, that that's like the whole stratus or the, the stratus or no the strati what the fuck like the spectrum spectrum that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah that's the whole spectrum of like what like the the wealth gap here is like you know it's pretty bananas like yeah. um, the city's huge. 
Wait, so but before we keep going, though, I do want. What is your topic specifically? Just general civics. Oh yeah, because well, <laughs> kind we, of. And so like, like I, we've been kind of talking about it. So I'd like to focus on this idea of community and advocacy. Okay. And so it, so okay. And I it just deals a lot with tactics. Yeah. yeah. And you still you. I I realized that one of the reasons that I maybe fell out of touch with you a little bit is because I was talking to you through your Cactus account and didn't realize that it had been discontinued. And now you use your uh, Studio Mujica. So C- Cactus just changed, right? So Cactus is so not a, a space anymore, but it still exists. Yeah. So it's an artist residency, and it's about to start. Okay. Um. So. So. so and then the other thing that before we keep yeah. going, because one of the things that I had thought about before you got here is that. This is my GoFundMe for my fucking uh, MFA. Okay. okay. Cool. Man, I, good luck. Donate, please. Click the link. <laughs> like, no agencies. Oh, I, well, I mean, if nothing else, I get an education out of it, right? Man, yeah. Yeah. it's dope. Yeah. And so, I mean, I appreciate, like, uh, learning through osmosis. Yeah, yeah. And then when you invite somebody that's, like, just a fucking fountain of knowledge, it's yeah. the best, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... Sorry. Cactus, right? Cactus. So now it's a residency. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll lead to it real quick because I think that there's like some things that I'd like to say before I yeah, get, yeah. get into what Cactus is today. Um, but when Cactus existed in Long Beach, one of the best things about it was being able to build the community, like not just the community of artists that I contributed with or, or collaborated with or invited just to be around. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> that was beautiful, and the neighborhood really appreciated it because the amount of of tender loving care that I got afterwards via text message or email or just through happenstance just reminded me of how warm you know my my presence and my actions in that community uh, were received okay and so there was a really wonderful kind of like keep my ear to the ground and hear what the community would like to be able to you know experience mm-hmm. And so, um, sorry, my change of voice there. Um, but when it ended, um, it was at the heels of this project that I, that Cactus was invited to be a part of, which was this Berlin-Los Angeles connection. Mm. And so um, Cactus was invited because it was a project space in the LA area. And so there was a group show that was taken to Berlin. And it was really wonderful to be a part of this larger community of project spaces that that are all based in LA, mm. exhibiting in different parts of the city in Berlin, also in project spaces. So when I when and that concluded at the end of June, there was like a really powerful motivation on my on myself to continue working with artists and to not drop the ball or to like well, there's something very <clears throat> rewarding from the collaborative process, right? Oh yeah, yeah. In- entirely, and like to become an enabler. But I was, but I was thinking about that relationship of having a, pro- a project space, inviting people to produce an artwork or something, an installation to a space, and how that dynamic was no longer interesting to me. Like I didn't want to be- feel like I'm asking somebody to perform. Mm-hmm. Like that relationship was something that was trying to. Yeah, but I mean, from the artist's perspective, you're not asking them to perform. You're giving them a platform. You're giving them, a, uh, you know, stage time. And there's a lot of yeah, latitude to yeah. be to be considered within that. But that didn't take away from the fact that I had to live in that space. 
I had oh, to like okay. have. Uh, I didn't realize you were living there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to live in that space. I had to, you know, have gallery hours. I had to, you yeah. know, do all these other things that yeah. were really difficult to like keep up in regards to what it means to have a project space or a gallery space. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to not have so much of that type of administrative things because it was taken away from my own personal practice. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of frustrated with the news. The mic oh. just picked up. <laughs> you oh, yeah, yeah. And like I scratched my head because I was just so frustrated with the news. I'm frustrated with this administration. I'm really pissed uh-huh. that you know the country that I live in thinks so badly about my home culture and my native culture yeah. and you know the things that I carry with me myself. And I I don't want that to be the case and so there's a sense of advocacy that i think when i was running cactus i tried to move forward through the selection of artists that were invited uh-huh. um so there was like a, a subtle undertone uh of of visual narratives that i wanted the community to be aware of so we had this artist named vincent tomchek who came into cactus and created uh an, of a series of works that dealt with his personal narrative coming to or uh, as a Mexican person and and having an adopted uh father in in a, a Russian last name and uh his daughter who is now um a person has dual cultures and so he, he created a narrative of um a person crossing the border and the types of problems that they would run into so he he had this barrel and the barrel had this huge flag. And so it was like a water barrel, like a 50-gallon water barrel. Uh-huh. And it had this huge flag that was made out of paper. And so the barrel had bullet holes in it. And it was meant to remind a person that, you know, in the desert when a person's crossing and they're in the middle of the heat, yeah. um, that people go out there to save lives. And they put these barrels and they fill them up with water and they put these flags out so that when you're in this in, in despair, you can walk towards these flags and hopefully find water. Yeah. But because the, the Border Patrol doesn't want to encourage this type of activity, yeah. they, they shoot the barrels so that the water drains out. Well, that's, that's really interesting and uh, fractally related to the... Um the th- just also going back to like how we approach these problems in general, the idea of the homeless issue over here, where our city literally smells like piss and shit, and they could it doesn't have to right they could clean up the fucking city, they could provide sanitation services, but they don't want to encourage people to live on the fucking street, so they don't provide those services, so right. Now, what I find really interesting about so do you do you know the situation with what's the guy's name that uh, is getting uh, prosecuted for uh, for no more deaths guy? Yeah, in, in yeah, Phoenix? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I listen to the Democracy Now about him. Yeah, yeah. So the, the yeah, that's how I know about him too. But uh, and Democracy Now is hit or miss too. <laughs> that's the problem with all these things. But um, but. Yeah, I, that, that whole the whole mindset for me, and you, going back to what you're talking about, how how um, 
And frankly, after all the Long Beach talk, I'm fine. It feels like we're so far away now that we're getting into. And that's how it's supposed to feel. <laughs> and that's politics. how it's supposed to feel. But, but you know but, what? But that was in Cactus. Like that narrative was yeah. developed in Cactus through Vincent Tomchak's installation. Yeah, but um, but one of the things that like, you know, that's inherent in being a Hispanic person or whatever, even that is a problematic term because like it's it harkens back to colonialism. But like all those layers, right? When when people over here think about their background, right, or they think about home, there's like a uh, uh, a sense that their parents are safe. Right. And that the, and that their people are safe. They may be living in rural places and they may have resentment for them. But like in a very real way, there are a lot of people that on all ends of the political spectrum that uh, U.S. imperialist policies. I mean, I'm Cuban, so like my whole family is fraught with that. And there's also this thing that like um, there's a there's a, a I think it's like white privilege to not be political intrinsically in in a certain sense that um like there are communities out here that i've had to stop hanging out with (laughs) because like our experience is so different that it's it's not like they're even that racist it's just it's just the 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 situation that they live in is so they're so blinded to it you know like and, I, and i'm trying to be really mindful of that and like not you know it, it's i was in holland uh-huh. and i ran into the realization that some of these dutch people don't know what racism is because they've never experienced racism yeah, yeah so there's no way for them to get to that and yeah. it's just like it's been really challenging to you know have a conversation with dutch people yeah on that level but it's not that they don't recognize that racism exists it's just that they don't experience any racism, so they have a hard time empathizing with issues that deal with race. Yeah, and that was hard. But, but they're pretty far removed. I mean, I mean yeah, it's, a, it's, yeah. it's it's rather homogenous out there. Yeah. But I like it out there. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah. but I wanna I wanna get back to that because the Dutch yeah. in my relationship with Dutch people are, is also integrated with what's gonna happen with cactus. Well, they're also pretty open and and blunt right yeah and then and like it's i really like, like a, all of those things as yeah, well yeah. um but you know going back to the the cactus thing because i think that the goal is to talk about how that community in that that being a part of the long beach community has allowed for a lot of things to kind of mature mm-hmm. and particularly like having a dialogue around this issue of a racism about how it is that latin american people are moving from their strife and trying to find a betterment in the world right Mm. are having hurdles created by our government that don't need to be existing that don't need to be existing because they're dehumanizing individuals and that frustration is something that i'm like i don't know how to sleep with that at times so so as as a as a person that had a storefront i wanted to use that storefront to create a a non-aggressive narrative 
for individuals that don't have the capacity to take accountability for what it is that our government is doing. And that's sp- that makes sense specifically in that space because there's like I, I it's just a completely associate- mixed community. Yeah, yeah. And and there's a bunch of gentrifying buildings that just yeah. got a, got put there. And really to to a, a greater point, right? Oh, like actually, I just the new apartments assumed that it was already gentrified. It's not because so like behind me there was like a new apartment complex that was done and that that um artist community that i moved into in 2014 uh oh, well, is now that, is yeah. now surrounded by new buildings yeah. new tenants new houses you know okay. a lot of money that's moving into that community and to a, to a greater point that was also gonna like inevitably jack up my rent and make me not be able to stay there yeah. so like when i came back from berlin i was really motivated to try to figure out how it is that i can create a sense of advocacy for people here in the United States to recognize that the things that are going down are not acceptable. So what happened is I started going to Tijuana and I really fell in love with the spirit of Tijuaneros, Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, we're, we're, we're only like three hours away from the U S Mexico border and the atrocities that are existing there are pretty like unconscionable. Yeah. So, uh, there's a project space there called Out Here, run by David Peña and Luisa, Luisa Martinez. I'm sorry. Um, and so they've run that space for some time. And they've been super gracious hosts and supporters of, of Cactus. That when I went down there and hung out with them, it, it just seemed like, man, I want to I wanna move out here. I want to do something. So I got a two-bedroom apartment. And that two-bedroom apartment is now going to be the spot for Cactus International. So it's C-A-C-T-T-U-S underscore I-T-X. And that I-T-X means that it's going to invite... There's the roster of artists that have already been invited to participate. Mm -hmm. So the calendar is starting to build up. But the idea is to invite people to live in Tijuana for, you know, a select amount of time and... The, the two bedroom apartment is connected in like by a door to to out here and it's a fifty yard meter fifty meter distance to the US Mexico border fence mm-hmm. and about a five minute walk from the actual border crossing. So what I wanna do is or what Cactus International is gonna set itself up to do is to allow artists the privilege of being in a such close proximity mm-hmm. to this turbulent border. Yeah, and just one one day that I was there, I was you know I woke up and all of a sudden I hear a helicopter and I'm like okay that's kind of weird, and I look out the window and sure enough there's a a U.S. military helicopter parading up and down the fence yelling some stuff, and it was mm-hmm. just kind of unreal to like yeah, yeah. see this. The See, back end of the empire. Yeah, yeah. The militarization on, yeah. on the receiving end. And, and yeah, yeah. to just witness it, right? And to recognize that my taxpayers' dollars, which I you know gladly give up whenever it is that I make a purchase, mm-hmm. go towards that. Yeah, yeah. And well, so it's like, so it made me question this sense of advocacy. It's like, there's, there's how, a cycle how is it that a person can get access to this viewpoint? Yeah. I have to I have to open up that door for yeah, them, yeah, yeah. and I want and I want people to come to Tijuana, and I want them to be able to see that like my home culture is warm, my home culture is beautiful, yeah. that Mexican people are, are gracious, and that they're not what is being portrayed by popular media. Were you you 
Are you an Angelino by nature, or how? Did so I was born in Mexico City. You were born in Mexico and City, and because of Ronald Reagan, and my parents became citizens yeah. through amnesty, and that opened up the avenue for me to become a citizen. And you know, it, for a long time, there was a, a bunch of fear in my family, and Pete Wilson did not help that. I don't know how that is. Pete Wilson was the governor of California that okay. pro- passed Proposition One Eighty Seven, which was you know like one of the first nasty bills that the state of California wanted to move forward, uh, limiting um, immigrants or non non citizens' uh, um, rights to education and healthcare and different different things that I you know are not not cool. Yeah, there's. I also want to go back to what you were saying because it does sound like there, or it occurs to me that there is sort of this. There's a whole group of people in this country, and they're mostly people of color, but not necessarily exclusively, uh, that are engaged in a cycle of self harm by just engaging by paying taxes. Right, like there is a cyclical nature of just existing and and there's like something that's just unsettling about that for me right for example if you're fucking honduran (laughs) the biggest military base in the u.s which is the staging ground is over there really yeah and then uh it's bigger than camp pendleton that's the one is it yeah camp pendleton's here Oh no, bigger than the. Uh, it starts with a P. I forget what it's called. Well, sorry. I don't know. Well, that's crazy. It's, it's Camp Pendleton's huge. I don't know it, but they're one of the things that they're doing now, right? Because, so the optics of this shit are horrible, right? And one of the things that's really fascinating to me about uh, that is that uh, the images that people were outraged about recently were from 2014, of the detention centers. So just so we're really. The system was already sort of in place, like, it, it, and that's where people like struggle with. I, I think a lot of people think, "Oh, it's Trump, it's Trump, it's Trump." But for me, it's fascinating how this is just a policy thing. Like, how many? You, you know, there's Nicaragua, that that the Sandinistas. You probably know about this shit better because because you grew up or have access to Mexico. I'm just learning this shit, so it's all fascinating to me. It doesn't mean you, it doesn't even matter when you learn about it. Oh, no, so I long as you yeah. become aware. Oh no no, and as I become aware, well, I mean, I know a lot of like uh, Cold War politics, obviously because of my uh, upbringing, and I don't, I'm not at, at all like pro communism, but I do think it's fucking relic- ridiculous to starve people, and I think that now that Trump re uh, pose the bar- embargo it's like i just my my main problem is with this idea that no one is allowed to have their own things because the u.s because and, and that if you're not opening up to the international trade which is going to fuck the people in those countries then the, your, your governments get overthrown which is what what happened in honduras and it's so for me that's the awareness that um that is like mind blowing where it's like there's no uh again as a person who exists here you can either like one option is to not know about it because it's so horrifying <laughs> and then the other one is to know about it and to, and to live with it right well yeah you know when I'll, I'll be real direct about it it's like when i learned about the the babies being taken away from their families oh, yeah. you know and being That's put into yeah. these things like I can't sleep at night with these kinds of things. Like the recognition that this shit is happening makes me have fuel to like go out here and make money and, you know, have a day job, you know, 
and then to use that money to provide an opportunity for people to come to TJ to see yeah, yeah. a different perspective, you know, yeah. like, and it's like, and that's where the av- advocacy comes by. No, it's I like, totally you know, like, but because still in making the money to do that, you have to fight against your, I have to, cause yeah, there's no, there's no other way. Like yeah, this you, is, this is yeah. a game, right? Yeah. It's so, you it's have to fun. learn. I mean, no one, no one is coming out and being like, you know what? I'm going to look for a Mexican artist to support them and their vision. Yeah, yeah. No one's, no one, no one here is thinking that out loud. And it would be kind of problematic. I mean, if they you know did. what? <laughs> I had this really interesting conversation with somebody when I told them that I was an artist and that, and this was, you know, maybe like a decade ago, that I'm an artist and then I make sculptures. And this person was like, "Oh, you, you wanna, you wanna be an artist? You wanna be successful? And you're Mexican? Oh, you gotta, you gotta talk to Cheech Marin." And I was like kind of insulted because I was like, what a, what a, what a thing to say. Right. But then Cheech is also like one of the biggest collectors of Latin art. Yeah. But what happened to Carlos Slim, who is like the richest person in Mexico and one of the richest people in the world? What happened to all of the other people that are also Mexican, that are also collectors? Like, what's up with those names? Why, why is it that Cheech is like the first name that comes by? And it's like, at the same time, I was just like. Why are you pigeonholing me in my own community when you could maybe open up the doors to your community yeah. and and those people could maybe support a brown artist? Like, why is it that only brown artists can support yeah. brown artists? Like, th- there's there's a dichotomy there that like well, is not acceptable for me. No, and it, it's it. I think that that's something that people really have a hard to, or actually. I think that white people now are getting pigeonholed as white people and it's fucking fun to see them like be so anxious about it because <laughs> the legacy is not But that it's really great. more Americans. Like yeah. I'm I'm gonna just go back to this. It's like it's not just white people, like to say white people like it's such a broad stroke. Yeah, but you know, but, like it's Americans. But like, no, specifically but, we're dealing with but Americans. Then there's also the British, dude. I mean, come on. Th- th- those are the, those it, are European European Americans. Yeah. But, and those British European, people have their own kind of things. Which, European, you know, no, I mean, British people from Brexit and those motherfuckers. Like, you know, I think that... I, and they're getting their own their own kind of ostracization yeah. from the Euro, the European yeah. Union. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I don't think across the board... I mean, I don't think across the board white people are bad, you know? I, mean, I don't I, think yeah, that that's yeah, my point. Yeah. I just want to be specific about this conversation about, like, you know, it's like, it's Americans. It's not Europeans. Yeah, but I think the whole empire is complicit, right? Like, because it, it, it's it, everybody's on the same, everybody's got a, a vested interest in the dollar being uh, strong, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, because yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be. Uh, it's not even the dollar. It's just like their 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 supremacy. No, no, but the, but it's all tied to the dollar because the whole all the markets in the world that like. When people talk about, first of all, when people talk about American exceptionalism, it's incredibly problematic. But I think that's because we're here, and so we're like only hearing this side of the conversation. I'm. What do you mean? I'm like I'm. I'm not that keen on like championing the dollar as like the almighty. Oh no, I'm not saying. I'm. I'm just saying. I'm talking like facts. If you look at like how people, how how you know business company, you know, like if you read any Forbes and shit like that, the way that they talk about the petrodollar, like you're familiar with the concept, right? Where it's no, like, I don't know okay. what the petrodollar okay. is. Okay, so basically, markets used to fluctuate really bad, and so all the different governments, right? Uh, uh, of of so after the war, they decided to make the dollar the standard currency, and the dollar was backed up by gold. Mm-hmm. That's the gold standard. The gold standard, right? 
And I think it was Nixon that took us off of it, and it was supposed to be temporary. I think FDR may have taken us off of it, or someone in the history took us off of the gold standard for a little while and then put us back on it before Nixon did it this last time. So what happened, the reason that everybody was on the gold, uh, was based on the dollars, the dollars based on the gold, and then the rest of the world is based on the dollars, so that when uh, there is fluctuation in the dollar's value, Economies in Europe aren't fucked because their economy fluctuates. The prices of their things fluctuates with the price of the dollar. So there's like that's how we started to have this global economy, right? Now what's happening is that um, place. So so then when we went off the gold standard, that's when we started to get in tight with uh, the OPEC countries, with Saudi Arabia in particular. All of the countries that we have invaded, and that and we're trying to do that now with Iran. It's that same thing that's happening in Latin America. They want to nationalize their oil. They don't want to be based on the U.S. dollar because the, the, the countries have determined that they only uh, will take money in dollars for the purchase of oil. So that means that everybody in the world has to have dollars and that strengthens the dollar. So intrinsically, so right now, what the, one of the biggest battles against the empire is an economic one. That's what's happening with China and all of this shit. But it's really fucked up because we have a financial, like our, our supremacy is based on the fact that the entire world, and, and then what happens is that people say that our money is based on nothing, but it's based on something because it has value. And what's it based on? It's based on the fact that whenever a country like uh, Libya wants to uh, in, nationalize its oil. And we've been doing it back since, like, we did it to... When we installed the Ayatollah in the 1950s in Iran. Like, this is just standard operating procedure. So, for me, the whole thing is, like... Um, that's what's happening in Venezuela. Venezuela wants to has their their the the crypt sorry the petro which is their cryptocurrency that's backed by their resources as they're trying to fucking stand. You know, uh, Venezuela is like giving oil away, and Venezuela gave oil to Americans <laughs> who were str- struggling. Valera. <laughs> yeah. So it's fucking crazy. Just like sorry, it, but yeah. So that that's an impo- important component that like so when when people hear sanctions they don't realize that like yo they don't get medicine like and that and then there are people over here like they're iranian americans they're like venezuelan americans that uh you know like the cubans are fucking shady man they we didn't attract the miami cubans we did not the people that left lost everything and went hard fucking right that's why they're not sympathetic to the rest of Latin American cultures. They don't like P- Puerto Ricans because they're other Caribbean pe- they're people from the Caribbean that they think is uh, is less than, you know. And I know that scene a little bit more. I think that you know a little bit more of Central America, and and all of like those politics. But it's all it's it's this weird thing that like we these countries don't even really have anything to do with each other except for the fact that they're neighbors and that they were colonized by the Spanish people. I mean, yes, uh, <laughs> like the the power of resources is intense. Yeah. And, you know, alliances also is intense. And I'm not that keen on, you know, it was really hard for me to come back to, to the United States after being in Berlin for a little bit. Yeah. And then to think about doing a project space in Long Beach or Los Angeles or in the United States, because then 
the undertone is like, how am, how is it that this, you know, contribution to this community is going to impact the larger stratosphere of this, of this, you know, how is it that I can go to sleep contributing to a community when I know that this country is doing this to brown kids? Yeah. And I couldn't do that. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go to my home country. I gotta go to the furthest point north. Yeah. And, and start there. But then there's also, and, and I, I sympathize with the frustration of the thing that's happening at the border. But for me, it's an awareness that this is like, that we're okay with it when it's a drone. You know, <laughs> it, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But, I, uh, and, I don't, and, and, I don't, I don't, I don't believe think... that that I would want to put myself in that in those shoes either. And I don't think that yeah. you're imposing that on me. But I feel like, just to kind of be clear, right? I don't, murder's yeah, no, I didn't think murder's murder. Was... Yeah, and, and I'm not really advocating for you know. I mean, every time I see a beautiful military ship. As I'm driving down PCH, yeah. all I can think about that the, that's a death machine. Well, yeah. You know, when I see the fucking F-15 shoot out of the uh, Long Beach airport, all I can think about is like, that's a death machine. Yeah, and yeah. these things are, quote unquote, protecting us. But really, they're just like motivating young people to join the Navy. Well, they're protecting, they're protecting the value of our currency. <laughs> not domestically, not domestically. Oh. Here, here they're, they're, oh, well, because they're yeah. showing around. Yeah, abroad, yeah. though, yeah, it's fucking mayhem. It's, yeah, it's I was absolute, thinking more on the no abroad. End. Abroad, that's like oh, me. but that's, honestly, that's like really I have such admiration for anybody that advocates for um, people who are marginalized in war-torn countries. Um, the type of you know trauma that you must have to learn about the read about the coping mechanisms that you have to um, acquire in order to you know wake up every morning and support people that are you know dying and starving and being yeah. burned alive you know that's that takes it up one more notch than where I'm at complaining mm. or where I'm at advocating or oh, no know, no no I didn't at the end but yeah but I I think that like. I, I hope to be in a situation where, like, I can invite people and work with people to illuminate those kinds of atrocities too. Oh no, 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 dude! I, I, y- you are as somebody that is an, that cares about the world. You, f- <laughs> what's funny is that you you're seeing like the half empty side of like, oh, I'm not doing everything. I wasn't at all talking about that. I, I think that your uh, project gives insight into this, right? Because like you said, if you're fucking seeing a helicopter from the other receiving end, you know, you're not going to be, t- <laughs> have a, have the same opinion about our, no, us, right? Like, you can maybe feel cocky that the they're going to recognize you as an American, you know, but your skin's got to be real white for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's still summer, so I got, I got the brown going. But, man, for real, it's like, I think more than anything, like, as an artist, like, my, my own artwork has a lot to do with, you know, making a line drawing and making that line drawing stand. Uh-huh. So when I was making my artwork, stand the people that i was looking for were not people my art was not meant for it to hang above a sofa yeah it was it's designed so that it can be out on the street and Mm -hmm. be out there engaging with people that can't go to museums Mm -hmm. so one of the things that happened when i was running through running cactus is like i was really frustrated because 
much of my effort in running the project space was in encouraging other people's projects. Mm-hmm. And then I became somewhat stifled because I, I had to give up my studio space for this gallery to, to continue doing its thing. No. And in the process, I was like, well, I can't do this anymore in this way. So I started to create a platform for collaborations using Cactus. Mm-hmm. So all of... what We're in 2019. So all of 2018, I spent cutting and making designs with a bunch of artists in Long Beach and Los Angeles abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that became the Cactus Patch, which was shown at the Other Places Art Fair, yeah. where we, we saw yeah. each other again. Uh, so at the Other Places Art Fair... And uh, Kellen was there. Yeah, yeah, he was, was, was this awesome. week's guest. On yeah. The, uh, or his episode is out this week. And... Um, and um, <laughs> So the Cactus Patch, which was this collaboration of a group of fifteen collaborations, um, was a super great venture for me because it allowed me to mix both my own practice and my curatorial practice at running Cactus, mm-hmm. and at the same time, like just get out of my own comfort zone, time in <laughs> and time out. And I'm really glad that the Arts Council for Long Beach was able to support that that venture through a professional artist grant. Mm-hmm. And so that Cactus Patch is now going to be at the new Billie Jean King Library, which opens up in September. And so the Cactus Patch is going to be visible uh, for a full year inside cool. of the library. So all of the people that, I contributed, that contributed to the Cactus Patch will also have mm-hmm. their work viewed inside of the library and it's, it's nice to be able to um be an artist be creative talk to people collaborate things make something without an, an ulterior purpose that it's going to go somewhere just make something yeah, yeah and then have that have enough value that people want to you know encourage it to be out there yeah. and i think that that's one of the things that like I also really appreciate about Long Beach is that like when I did my sculpture and at the Museum of Latin American Art, um, it was for the community to see themselves within it, to like run their eye through the design and the shape and see the different facts or uh, facets of the city uh, and see themselves within it. Yeah. Um, and I hope that like by creating Cactus International, people can then extend that idea on an international level. So we're working with people in Rotterdam to bring in some people from inter- from an international t- uh, platform, working with an artist uh, in Ibiza that was going to come out and do some stuff, a few artists from New York. We're all setting up our, our, our calendars to you know have everything set. Yeah. It's going to start off with uh, a print collective here in Los Angeles called Cali Arte. So there's there's going to be an, a range of artists that are going to be invited to be a part of Cactus International, and in that there's there will also be a bridge for Mexican artists who don't have visas to work with all of these people too. Yeah. And this this cross pollination of wherever it is that people come from was going to start to cultivate ideas in Tijuana that are know already super exciting and that can permeate all of these other vantage points in a really rewarding way yeah and i think that it's more it is important sort of to rebel against borders the way that you are it uh it i think i think that um if you can't if people can't come here and they but they get access with their work like that at least is something, right? And, and that's, that's something it. that you are, can empower. Maybe you can't empower uh, visas, but you can definitely 
have people ship shit over here and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And I and I think that even, you know, I think that the Tijuana one is a very specific um uh, experience, but I think it's also good for American artists to experience other cultures. Like just because I think that sometimes you forget that, or it's really easy for people that haven't. And this sounds like I'm being condescending, but what, even when I are, ha- I'll personalize it. Even when I haven't been out of my country for a while, uh, I can get caught up in the bullshit and the sort of magical thinking of the American, like, oh. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to lose sight of how disillusioned I am. No, you still, well, you're <laughs> personally, disillusioned. Personally, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think that I'm ever going to, like, not be reminded of how disillusioned I am by this country. And, like, I, d- I wasn't referring to disillusionment. I think, actually, traveling to other places doesn't disillusion you. It gives you hope, and then it makes you come back. Like, everybody feels more culture shock coming home, I think. I don't know if that's the, the case for for Europeans who come over here and then go back and then they're like, oh my God, Europe is so crazy. But definitely. <laughs> I'll tell you this, man. I really miss like a four euro coffee and a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was epic. Like, didn't yeah. matter what time of day I could go for a coffee and a sandwich. Or just I'm, like, being able to walk places and like. Chilling cities. out at the yeah. park and eating yeah. some freaking snacks. Like, I mean, that shit was dope, man. Yeah. Like, I'm really sad when I pass a park and there's nobody chilling out in the park. Yeah, L.A. can be punishing to walk through, especially right now. It is, but it's also because the trees are so young. Like, there's yeah. so many young trees out here. Like, yeah, and it's just so much asphalt to, like... Oh, man, yeah. Like, right radiate. now, I have, like, the craziest amount of commuting right now. No. I live in Long Beach. I work in Costa Mesa. I work in Pasadena. And then now I'm, like, going to TJ. So... I'm like putting miles on my car like I'm getting paid. It's crazy, dude. I'm not getting paid, but it's cool, man. I like being stretched out this way because the people that I meet are really different and they yeah. come from different backgrounds. And I I like being myself and exposing my ideas and my culture forward. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's do a little wrap up here. Uh, oh, so what's, so what's your Instagram? So you can follow me personally. <laughs> At uh, studio, S T U D I O underscore M U J I C A, which is my last name, M U J I C A. So that's Studio Mujica. Uh, or you can follow Cactus, which is C A C T T U S underscore I T X. Uh, so that's Cactus International. Um, we should have something posted about who and what and all that good stuff. Do I need to follow a new account or is it the same account? It's the same account. I just changed changed it. Yeah. Instead of cactus underscore LB, it just turned into ITX. Cool. Um, you can also see all the different artists that we've worked with at at Cactus and, um, yeah. So Cactus and Studio Mujica, that's, that's what's up. Cool, man. Let's take a little break, get you a refill and then we'll do part two. Cool. What's My Thesis is produced by Javier Proenza, who is talking in the third person. Reach out at whatsmythesis at gmail.com and follow us on all social media at whatsmythesis. Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you donate to our Patreon, this is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else.